Welcome back to episode number 74 of the Idols to Rivals podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. This is a podcast I record every Wednesday. This is a episode that I'm recording on Monday. We're doing two episodes this week for it being the last week of the year. So I wanted to get one out on Monday and I wanted to get one out on Wednesday or Thursday as well, just to wrap it up on a nice even 75 episodes. And then we'll start off the new year, 2022. I can't believe that it is already 2022. A lot of big things coming. I think this year is going to be absolutely nuts um, with a lot of growth, with a lot of things that we'll be going after, a lot of goals to achieve. And we'll talk about that a little bit more on later in this episode and on episodes to come. But we got a lot of big things planned. Um, again, normally post these on Wednesday. Wanted to get a Monday upload as well. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff, and on Android as well, however you listen to them on Android. And uh, took a couple-week hiatus. We've been doing some work on the back end, getting you know hosts figured out, getting everything figured out with Zoom. If you don't know, that's normally the easiest way to get co-hosts on is to go through a Zoom call and you can record them. I know a lot of people use Zoom, whether it be for work, school, all of that. So if you didn't know, that's a good way to do it with multiple people. Unfortunately, whenever we have three or more people, it tends to lag, especially with video. We used to record all of these live with video, and that will be coming back soon. I don't have a full setup you know, where I can have a camera and have people come up and film just because we don't have enough microphones quite yet, but we are working on that. We have it pretty dialed down with having just one other co-host, and Shane will be back for episode number 75 that will be out later this week. So I'm excited to get into that. But just wanted to to uh, to talk about a couple things, a couple current events, get back in the swing of things. Like I said, 2022 is about to be the biggest year of hopefully everyone's life. So I'm excited for uh, for what's to come. But something I really kind of wanted to do uh, to start off with was this whole craze with NFTs. And it's I don't know if it's just been recently or how things have transpired, but I've been seeing more and more. And now it's to the point where you know there's people that. If you're really tuned into the internet, if you if you follow a lot of stuff on news, you know, aside from all, you know, political stuff, current events, NFTs have been getting a lot of buzz, whether it be you heard about them from, you know, people who, who made a piece of art. And I still believe does make a piece of art every single day, did it for 5000 days and then sold that one piece of art for sixty nine million dollars, which makes him, you know, one of the most prolific artists currently living right now. There's not a lot of people that could sell one specific piece of art for, you know, almost, you know, well over half of a hundred million dollars, nine figures. And so it's something I've been seeing. And I don't know if this is with just me or with, or with everyone, but for some reason, my Twitter, I keep seeing these posts. They look like spam. They look like bots, but basically where it's like, Hey, post your NFTs down below. If it's less than one Ethereum or, Hey, I'm, I've got 15 Ethereum. I'm trying to buy NFTs. I can't tell if those are spam, if those are just trying to get people, you know, more recognition, more notice, really trying to help out the creators, or if it's trying to bring a sense of, you know, relevance, a sense of authenticity to this, this NFT space. Um, my viewpoint on it right now, I think it's too early to tell. I don't know enough about it to really form an opinion, but I do know that I think it will be, the technology at least will be something that the future will, I guess, grasp and, and use. The the thing that really made it click for me was, you know, driver's licenses, season tickets to, you know, NFL tickets, NFL teams, season tickets for that. Like I said, driver's license, hunting license, um, just claim to, to ownership, homes, you know, mortgages, deeds, all of that showing ownership through the blockchain. I think that is definitely what is the real, the biggest thing it has to offer. This whole 
you know, where people go and Photoshop and they design 10 things and then they just hit randomize and then they have 10,000 different units to sell. I don't see that being the end all be all. Like I think currently it's kind of a scam. I once again, love the technology. I think a lot of people are doing good things, but the thing that really tripped me up hearing from other people was this idea that, you know, you see on Twitter, you see on, you know, the news saying, oh, this crypto punk or, oh, this board API club NFT just sold for half a million dollars or no, just broke the record for $600,000, whatever it may be. Seeing those, I was, I was led on to the idea of, you know, what if they're just passing those from one wallet to another? Like, let's say you own wallet one and wallet two, and you have, you know, however many Bitcoin, Ethereum and wallet two, you just buy the NFT that you already own. Boom, you break the the record sale of $600,000 for a crypto punk and you still own it. You still have all of the all of the the Bitcoin and all of the Ethereum that you had before, except you are now just transferring over the asset so it, it can inflate the price. And I think the thing that really bothers me or really makes me suspect of of, you know, NFT art specifically is the fact that in order to make these NFTs mean something, in order for them to be, you know, a value, a digital asset is is what, you know, people in that space love to use. The way for that to actually happen is you need demand. And so the barrier to entry for making these NFTs is really short, is really small and very easy. And so you can take a picture, you can take a picture of yourself right now, upload it to OpenSea and, you know, mint it. What I, I'm still not 100% sure what that means. Mint it and then boom, you have an NFT. That to me, you know, you'll see if you go on there and like I said, go to OpenSea.io. That's really where I've seen NFTs. I don't know how to do all the other stuff, you know, with the, the wallets and whatnot. Like I said, I'm very new into the space and learning about it. The problem I see with that is whenever you have people that are really heavy in the space, you know, you have Gary Vaynerchuk, you have Face Banks, you have these other influencers, Mr. Beast, he hasn't really said anything about it. All these people that, you know, have a lot of pull, have a lot of influence on what goes on on the internet. You know, there's the internet and real life are two very different things, as I'm sure everyone's aware. But when you have that much pull and you say, hey, this new Board Ape Yacht Club drop is going to be insane. Get in on it. It's going to make a ton of money. When you have that influence to make those prices rise, how is that, how does someone who's not, you know, get in, get on the ground floor, you know, Hey, gets a tweet or gets a text saying, Hey, this is about to drop. It's a buddy of mine. He designed it. Great artist. What have you buy these because we're about to all tweet out, you know, these are going to go nuts. And then everyone goes in next thing, you know, you have people making, you know, millions of dollars off of these, these digital assets. That idea of, of kind of raising that up and going, you know, and, and pumping it. I don't want to say it's pump and dump. I don't think it is. I just think it's something to think about as to where, because when I was looking at it, I go, okay, well, how do you know whenever there's a new collection dropping every single day, every single hour, every single minute, how do you know which ones are going to pop up and how do you know which ones are going to fail? You know, 99.999% of them are going to fail. But how is it that these people are, are all in the green. They're all, they're all getting this or, Oh, now we have rappers and their profile picture is a crypto punk or a board ape yacht club. You have NFL players. You have all these celebrities buying these digital assets to the point where the, the prices are astronomical. The prices are crazy. Like I said, they can be half a million dollars or more. How is that not influenced by you have people with millions of followers saying, Hey, this is going to be a great drop. This is, you know, great features, all of that. 
I think the features part of it, if you don't know about it, is you know you can write in the contract of these digital assets, you know, hey, I want ten percent of every sale after this thing is sold. So basically, that's like saying you know you buy you buy a, a, a Da Vinci painting and then the Da Vinci estate, obviously, he's been dead for hundreds of years. The Da Vinci estate gets ten percent. You sell it for a million dollars. They get a hundred thousand dollars of it because they still technically owned it. They created it, all of these things. So that I think is, is a great aspect of it. It pays back the artist. It pays back everything um, to the person who originally created it. Again, with how I said, I think that this is going to be the future of, you know, deeds to a home rather than going through the process of getting a title company and figuring out who owns the land or who owns this, that would be a way to show ownership season tickets. I even see driver's licenses going this way because they'll be able to tell, you know, it'll be impossible to fake. That sucks if you're trying to get into a bar and get hammered because I don't think there's really a way to fake that. But again, that's probably really far down the road. I just think that, you know, being cognitive of it, being aware, because I know people that have dropped thousands of dollars on this stuff and, you know, some have gotten out decent. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people are holding tight thinking, you know, hey, you know, bored snails or hey, crazy raccoons is going to go next. And seeing these things go for $200 at the minimum, not including the, the fees and charges that you have to pay when you originally buy them, seeing those things go for a lot of money and people spending the money that I don't think a lot have is uh, is something to be, to be careful about. I think it's a really cool space, you know, as things transition into web 3.0 with, you know, digital land, digital real estate. I was watching a video about this guy had just bought in the 21st floor apartment in this, in this digital world. I think that that's wild. It brings me back to the days of anyone played PlayStation three. When that came out, they had like this hub where it was basically you walked around in a virtual world. This was very early on. This was, you know, 15 plus years ago, whenever all that came out, didn't really catch on. And now the fact that it seems like people are charging and making money off of things that we had before, things you would download in a game and then, you know, run around. It's like basically what I equated to is like buying a piece of land on Minecraft and then that's yours. Yes. But you know, how do you decide which world is real? How do you just, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. I think it's a weird space. Um, talking to people, you know, older people, whether it be my parents or my parents' friends, um, just people I work with that are older. It's something that they completely don't understand. I'm fully involved in, in all of this, you know, you know, the technology, the internet space, all of this, and I still barely get it. So I'm not writing it off completely. I'm not throwing any shade, but I just think it's something to think about. You got to realize that whenever you have something so volatile and something that moves so quick, that think about it from that perspective of someone that has six crypto punks and them tweeting it out going, oh, you know, Jay-Z just bought one. And that raises the stake for everybody. That raises everybody else's position in, you know, whether it be, Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, all those ones that really have exploded. And the idea that buying digital land, buying digital apartments, do I think it's far off? Do I think that that won't be the future? Not at all. I think that that's where it's going. But the fact that we're in this world to where, you know, that's a thing, it's still, it still just absolutely blows my mind. And it brings up, you know, even crypto, I'm not really involved in crypto. It's, it's been a, Another thing that I'm just not educated enough on to where I can't make a, a I can't make a, you know, a good judgment on it yet. I got to do a little bit more research. I think I should have some money in crypto, but I know people that have their entire portfolios. I know people that have, you know, all their savings. They've taken it out of, you know, their TD Ameritrade or their Robinhood account and gone all crypto. 
wild move. Respect to everyone that's done that. I know people have made an ass load of money off of that, but I would say get educated on it first because it's just something I think it's the wild west. And so, you know, there's a lot of room to make money and there's a lot of room to lose money. And I think the biggest thing is just, is just educating yourself on it. And uh, I don't know why I wanted to talk about this, but I've wanted to talk about it for a while and just kind of get my initial thoughts on record because I wanted to see how they changed over time as things grow, as things evolve. And this inevitably does become the future, you know, as VR catches on, as AR catches on and just see, you know, see how my opinions change, see how things work from there. Um, kind of a tangent, just wanted to get that off my chest. Wanted to know if anyone else has been, has been seeing these things. Like I said on Twitter where these accounts that, you know, say like, um, like dark angel Ethereum, Hey, I'm buying 15 Ethereum worth of, of NFTs, drop your link below all this stuff. And just very curious to, to kind of the motives behind it. Like I said, the best thing you can do is get educated on it beforehand and then make your decision and we'll see how it plays out. I kind of want to buy one, kind of want to get involved in it and just see what happens. But I, you know, again, don't have, don't have friends that are designers. Don't, don't really know the space. Don't really know how the whole contracting and blockchain system works. As soon as I do, I think I will get involved, but just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people have questions like I do. And I think as time progresses, we'll get more answers and it'll be a lot more mainstream and a lot more well-known, but uh, it's just wild with everything going on in the world that now we're talking about people buying $5 million mansions um, that are just pixels on a screen. But I do think that's, that's the way we're going. Um, and just as an absolutely seamless transition from, you know, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of, a lot of research on, you know, mental strength, mental ability, and, you know, silencing those voices that make you want to stop doing something beforehand. And with that, you know, as the year comes to an end, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit more on the final episode of the year, but you know, this idea that the mind is, it's a muscle, you know, it's a, it's a skill to be able to control your thoughts of a mind, thoughts of your mind. It's not something you, you, many people are born with. It's not something that, you know, comes inherent. We, we have that survival instinct and I've read many books on, on the brain and, and, you know, consciousness and decision-making and all that good stuff, as I'm sure a lot of people have just fascinates me. But this idea that it's a muscle that constantly needs to be worked, you know, I've done a lot of research on, you know, repetition of the mind is something that keeps coming up in, in mantra specifically through meditation um, or not, or just simply looking yourself in the mirror. These are all just, these are all exercises that I've been trying to implement to see which one really, you know, carries the weight, which one really does it for me and can change that mindset. Because my default is, 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 you know, kind of that conservative mindship, kind of that you know, thinking, okay, well, if things go bad, this is how I'm going to manipulate. This is how I'm going to adapt. This is how we're going to go forward. As opposed to, you know, what countering the thoughts as I was listening to the Sugar Sean O'Malley podcast, and he was saying, he was talking about it like a fight. He's really big into meditation, big into, you know, optimizing the mind, body, all of that. And it's, it's countering the thoughts. And I never really thought about that is it's, you know, it's, it's easy and it's nature to, you know, get a bad thought, having a bad day, and you go, oh, this is just the way I am. This is just me being upset. This is me being in a bad mood. But it's not. It's from what I can tell, from what I've learned from everybody that I've studied, it's it's a skill. It's a muscle. Like you work out, like you bench, like you squat. It's a muscle to say, nope, this is not how I'm thinking. I'm going I'm to prime my mind. I'm going to put it back in a place of abundance, put it back in a place where I can execute on things, you know, whether it be studying for a test, recording a podcast, you know, asking that girl out, whatever it is, it's it's realizing, hey, you know what? I'm in this battle. These thoughts are coming in. 
you know, Hey, don't do that. Hey, it's going to be embarrassing. What do, what do other people think encountering that? You know, no, like this is what's the worst that could happen. Why not me? Why wouldn't I do this? You know, what's there to lose. And then what are the good things that can happen? All of those thoughts, using those as tools to counter the, those initial thoughts of, you know what, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should you know stay inside. Maybe you shouldn't voice your opinion. Maybe you shouldn't go to that job interview. And it's realizing in the moment, that's the toughest thing. I talked about this many, many podcasts ago about getting off the hook. And basically, you know, it's like a fish on a, uh, on a hook when you're fishing is, is realizing it's so easy to kind of go with that, that pull, that pull of like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't do it. What, what are people going to think about me? You know, what if, what if I get embarrassed? And it's, it's getting through that mindset and continuing and it just runs and runs and runs. And then you end up not doing it. You end up not, you know, going to do the thing you wanted to do, recording that video, taking that photo. And then, you know, by the time it's a week past and you haven't gotten any closer to it. And so it's getting off that hook. That was the analogy I liked using for a long time is once you realize you're on the hook, it's getting off the hook and then moving forward from a place of, you know, executing, pushing through that, that negative mindset, the voice in your own head. I mean, the voice in the, your own head is the thing that controls everything. It could be people telling you, you know, that's a dumb idea. That's embarrassing. I'll be embarrassed for you. You know, why would you do that? It's a waste of time. You're never going to get anywhere with that. It's, it's the voice in your head that ultimately decides. And that's, that's something that I have been personally working on the most is I've, I've gotten pretty good at shutting out other people's opinions. I've gotten, I've gotten pretty good at, you know, realizing that you're not going to, you're not going to make everybody happy. You can't, you can't always live for everybody else, but it's, it's the voice at the end of the day, whenever you're alone, whenever you're, you got to make a tough decision, it's your voice. That's going to tell you, you know, not to go after that goal. It's your voice. That's going to tell you all those things that you've collectively heard, you know, whether it be negative, positive, whatever it is, all those things you've collectively heard at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to tell yourself to go for it or not. And so really realizing that and countering it and realizing that the mindset, your thoughts are not always your thoughts. Your thoughts are not from you. They could be from your environment. They could be from people you trust around you. They could be from people you hate around you. Your thoughts are not yours. And once you realize that, it's kind of liberating. You know, and I always kind of, I always kind of make an analogy of it of, of, you know, like that's the other side, that's the other side of the brain telling me, you know, Hey, this, this isn't going to work out. This is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be a, uh, an absolute wreck. You're going to embarrass yourself, whatever it may be. It's, it's, I always equate it to, you know, that's something else. That's somebody else. And I, I, I steer back to the direction of, okay, let's do this. Let's create, let's go for it. And once you can figure that out and, and work on that. And that's my biggest thing is, is I've written down, you know, repetition of the mind, counter thoughts, is just once you realize that those thoughts are not yours, you can detach from them. You can say, you know what, that's 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 all the other voices getting to me, and it's it's creeping in, and it's it's that that survival instinct of you know don't make a scene, you know don't stand out, don't go for it because you, you want to be comfortable, you want to be safe, you you don't want to extend the limits. That's just how we're programmed. That's how we're designed to survive, not cause a scene, survive for another day, and then move on, and then restart tomorrow. And once you realize that's not the world we live in, you don't have to worry about going out and killing a deer to, to, to eat or you'll starve to death or building a shelter. Or, you know, if you're going way back, you know, when you, when we were in tribes, you never wanted to be the one called out. You never wanted to be the one in front of people and realizing that's not how we live anymore. Whether your goals involve that or not, it's not how we live. And so knowing that thoughts are not yours all the time, thoughts are, are, uh, um, a collective gathering of these ideas that you've heard throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your life and knowing, Hey, you can decide 
what your mindset is going to be. You can decide the perspective you're going to have on things. You can decide to be pissed off. You ever get that feeling where, where you're angry and you know that you're angry and you, you, you go, you know, let me go do something to cheer myself up. And you say, no, you're like, no, I want to feel this. I want to feel angry. I want to feel pissed off. And you kind of sit in it and you're like, it kind of feels good. It's that, it's that, it's that, but, but on the exact opposite side, you can decide to feel better. You can decide that you are going to, you know, be in a, in a, in attack mode. You can decide that you're going to go after things, whether they scare you, whether they make you stronger, whether, you know, they make you uncomfortable. You can decide that this is my mindset. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to go forward with it, you know, and it's easy to say whenever everything's going good, but when things are going bad, when things are going tough, when you're just, when things, when nothing's going on, everyone talks about, you know, whenever you're down in the dumps, you know, shit's falling apart and that happens, that does. But majority of the time you're kind of, you're kind of at neutral. You're kind of, you know, not good, not bad. And it's, it's, it's controlling it there too. It's controlling, you know, why don't I get up and go do that thing that I needed to get done? Why don't, why don't I go start writing that paper? Why don't I start typing my book up? It's those moments where, where there's not a lot going on. You know, obviously when you're at rock bottom, it's going to be tough, super tough to get out of that mindset. But it's also those times where, where it's just the little voice. It's the little voice that says, stay on the couch, watch another show on Netflix. You know, don't upload that video. What are people going to say? It's, it's those moments where you're not in fight or flight. It's, it's just everyday life. It's, it's, it's every moment of the day. And so deciding that, that your mindset right now is not the mindset that you're going to proceed with is something huge. And that's my biggest focus right now is, is a realizing it, realizing, Hey, these are not my thoughts. This is not what I want. I know what my goal is. And all of these thoughts are telling me not to go for it not to try it, not to figure it out. It's realizing then. And then once you realize that you can make the change, whether you trick yourself or not, whether you have to stand in front of the mirror and, and repeat a mantra to yourself, whether you have to, you know, meditate, whether you have to read a book, whether you have to go exercise, whatever it is. But once you realize that and getting yourself out of it and getting back aligned, it's working that muscle out, getting that mind stronger and stronger every day. And I have to remind myself, I write mindset on my hand just so I can, you know, remember the mindset you're in right now, even, even when you're bored doing nothing, you can change that to, to, to active, to moving forward, to evolving. And once you understand that, you know, you know, nothing can happen. Nothing, nothing can bring you down because you can control what's going on inside. And it only gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And another thing they said on the podcast was, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to be too strong. You're never going to be too, too strong at, at handling your mindset. I don't want to say controlling, but in a way it is, but it's also, you got to, it comes with that, that yin and yang. It comes with that, that give, that giving into, okay, you know, this is how I feel. It's not always just forcing it. You know, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's okay. You know, this is where we're at. This is my baseline. This is where I'm, this is, you know, I'm feeling down today. Today's been shit. This deal fell apart. And then making that switch of, you know what? No, this is, these are my goals. This is where I'm going. I don't care what the outside stimulus is. I control what happens. And if you fail, 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 you can still go back to that. You can still go back to, all right, this is what happened. I'm pissed off. This sucked. This didn't work. Let's go back. Let's attack. Let's attack. Let's attack. And you can get yourself in that mindset. And there's research to prove it. I read a, a great book by, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he's a, a neuroscientist who um, basically was paralyzed and and through sheer willpower regained full mobility and now bikes and runs and all this stuff. And you can look at, I think it's called Evolve Your Brain. Great book. One of the first books I read on, you know, neuroscience. Um, 
but it's just about hardwiring, hardwiring, hardwiring. Because once you tell yourself, even if it's wrong, once you have that belief, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, it feeds on itself. It's a snowball, it feeds on itself. Same is true with I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, not good enough, I'm not dumb. Or I am too dumb for this, not strong enough, not good looking enough. It feeds on itself. And once you get in the I believe, I believe, I believe, even if you're lying to yourself, you can still move forward, you can still make it happen. And so I just kind of wanted to leave on that thought. I uh, I think it's going to be a big year. I think it's going to be a great year. I see things. I, th- I see things turning. I th- see things getting better for a lot of people, and I can't wait to see how everyone grows and prospers. Um, and, and I'm excited about it. This was this was kind of a kind of a test for myself as well. You know, filming, recording this podcast today. You know, not on the day I scheduled it, not with any co-hosts, just strictly going off of a couple notes that I have and just proving to myself, you know, it is, it is a mindset. It is overcoming that. And you can do that with anything in your life. And so I appreciate everybody for listening. We will again, have another episode on Wednesday, most likely released Thursday morning. And, uh, we'll get into this new year and we'll, we'll hit the ground running. And so I hope everyone's getting after it. I hope everything's going well. I hope you all had a great Christmas, great holiday, whatever you celebrate. And uh, see you guys in the next one. We've got some new YouTube videos coming out. And uh, just remember, attack everything. Fuck what other people think. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.